into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so let's give a warm welcome to a returning favorite here in the hot seat, Mr. John Presloy. John, how are you, sir? AJ, hello. I'm doing good. How are you? I am hanging in there. It has been a fun new season here. Uh, you are joining in in episode seven. And uh, so by the time you, this episode has hit the airs, people will already know the drill, but you still have not even heard episode one yet. I'm trying to get ahead of the curve here, flatten that curve. Uh, and you don't know what's going on. So I'm here to tell you. We're doing I this- rarely know what's going on, to be well, fair. This, this is also fair. That's why you weren't the first episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we're doing a tournament this year, my friend. This is the 2020 first annual Beat My Guest tournament. 16 different contestants are going to take their turn in the hot seats. The top six scores are going to qualify for the semifinals. And after the semifinal rounds, we're going to have a couple of finalists ready to battle it out for the title first ever title winner of some sort of imaginary uh, glory <laughs> i'm not quite sure what this imagined glory might be but you know we'll, we'll figure it out when we I'm get sure there it's a belt or some shape uh, yeah sure we'll go with that yeah <laughs> i don't i don't think the wwe is allowed to no they're still doing life events they don't care uh <laughs> <laughs> they're invulnerable they they are uh well you know, yeah you could have gone with invincible and then we'd have the mcmahon tie-in but that you know that's okay we're warming up <laughs> We're warming up. How are you, sir? Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. Uh, so like you said, my name is John Presloyd. I'm from Perrysburg, which is a little suburb outside of Toledo. And I do microbiology research. So it's actually been a very busy year for me at work. Uh, what could you possibly <laughs> have on the, on the table? It's funny because right now I'm actually, the lab I'm in, we do Lyme disease research. But my first two labs, my first lab was virus evolution, and my second lab was virus-protein interaction. So I really have an extensive virus background. So I'm actually doing collaboration work with my old lab. Uh, Right at the beginning of this, we designed a test for the hospital in our area to do COVID testing, and now we're working on COVID antibody targeting and stuff. So from a science perspective, it's been interesting if you ignore all the... Yeah, horrific humanity surrounding us. I guess. Yeah, you're you're not one of those precocious people who are already you know already working on COVID twenty one or something, right? <laughs> it's a secret. It's not, it's not published yet. <laughs> <laughs> Available to the highest bidder. Well, don't eat any bats next year. Let me just say that. 
That's right. Don't do like Ozzy. Uh, yeah, how how old a reference is that? My goodness. Uh, <laughs> might even be before you were born, John. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, it is a brand new season, brand new rules. So let us kick things off here with our category, our little warm-up, our little get-your-feet-wet. It is called This, That, or The Other. Here's how it works. John, I am going to give you three categories, and then I'm going to read off a list of ten items. For each item that you can place in the correct category, you will receive one point. However, be careful. Some items may, in fact, fit in multiple categories, and you will only get your point if you can correctly state all the categories to which that item belongs. Two things I will promise you. While I am cruel, Taskmaster, and quite devious most of the time, every item I give to you will fit in at least one category. I will not <laughs> trick you in that regard and go, ha ha, it's zero. <laughs> no. So no shenanigans on that regard. Also, these 10 items are being pulled at random from a larger group of items. So if you're thinking of using game theory to go, Woo, they're all in one category, it must be this one. No. They, they, you never know how it's going to suss out here. Got it? I'm ready to suss. Also, also, there's so many rules. So many rules this time around. Uh, this is audio only, so I'm not spelling anything for you. Because homonyms and homophones are fair game in terms of sorting into the categories. So don't ask me to spell anything in this round. And you can't get any points. <laughs> it's all ridiculous. No, never. Uh, here we go with your categories. Category one, books in the King James Bible books in the King James Bible. That is this. What is that? That is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees is number two. And the other members of the 1986 Mets. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All three categories, I'm sure, right up your alley. We've got books of the Bible, parentheses, King James Version, and, and that has nothing to do with Hall's Tower. I'm sorry, these were picked at random. <laughs> I don't mean to trigger you as a Jeopardy contestant. <laughs> Didn't you realize that until just now? Uh, yes, the official King James Version, not the King James Hall's Tower Version, so you don't start at the bottom and work your way up in, in the chapters. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. <laughs> 1986 bets. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready as I'm going to be. Item number one, Temptations. <laughs> uh, okay, they're definitely in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I think that's it. That is indeed it. One point for you, yes. <laughs> it's, see, it's trickier than you think, because your brain starts to play tricks on you. Sounded like it maybe could be a Bible book. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the point. That's the fun. Item number two, Diamond. Ooh, uh, well, I definitely don't think that's a Bible book. I can't think of any bands with that, so let's go with the Met. I am sorry. I said Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members, and Neil Diamond is in the Oh, rock yeah, roll that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's okay. You know, you, you, the, it, it's the inception of baseball diamond, and your brain starts going there. I, I hear you. I hear Good you. Good thing this is just a warm up. <laughs> exactly. It's only worth half your score, but. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, item number three, Genesis. That is a book of the Bible, and they're probably yeah, they're probably in the rock. We'll go Hall of Fame for them too. Bible and Hall of Fame. Uh, indeed, that was the question you had to ask yourself: Is Genesis actually in the Rock Hall of Fame? And yes, yes, indeed, they are. 
Well done, both Bible and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Two out of three. Let's move on to item number four, Foster. Uh, let's say Mets and only Mets. Mets and only Mets is correct. That is George Foster, who started the season with the Mets, but did not finish the season with the Mets because he was old by that point and uh, didn't really move much around the outfield. I remember going to games back then, watching him. He would stand up. He'd watch. He'd put his hands on his knees, wait in between pitches. Then the pitcher would get ready to pitch. He'd stand up. And then he put his hands back on his knees, and that was about all the movement he did for about the first month of the season before they said, you know what, uh, go away. We can do better. <laughs> Indeed they could. All right, item number five, Ojeda. That definitely sounds like a Met. <laughs> uh, with good reason. With good reason. Yes, that is Bobby Ojeda, a pitcher for the Mets that season. Well done. Item number six, Daniel. That is a book of the Bible. Uh, we'll just say a book of the Bible. <laughs> it was wise of you to stop right there. Indeed, book of the Bible. Well done, darling. Oof. Okay, that's definitely not a book of the Bible. Uh, I can't think of any musicians, but last time I said that, I screwed myself. But this time, I really can't think of any musicians. <laughs> so let's just go with Matt. Ron Darling was indeed a pitcher with the Mets. He is now a broadcaster for the Mets. And he was also a, he did some acting as well in, in between there. Uh, but that's, that's neither here nor there. It's just one of these stupid little facts I know because I know a lot about the Mets. <laughs> Why? <laughs> All right, you're doing quite well. You're doing quite well. Let's see if we can finish off the rest of this round here. Item number eight, Santana. That's, yeah, he's, I don't know if it would be him or the band, but that's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll say Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and a Met. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and a Met. Wow. Uh, I don't know where you pulled that from, but Rafael Santana was indeed a shortstop for the New York Mets <laughs> that season. Well done. I thought I had you tripped up there. Uh, you saw right through me. Number nine, item number nine, Aguilera. So that's definitely not a book. Christina Aguilera is probably not in the Rock Hall of Fame yet. <laughs> so let's go with the Mets. Again, another one that could have tripped you up there, but you are correct. Christina Aguilera not in the Hall of Fame. Rick Aguilera not in the Hall of Fame either. <laughs> but he did enough to be a part of the 1986 Mets. And item number 10, Miracles. So that is a band. So they're probably in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, I think, yeah, let's just say Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think that's it. Although it does sound very churchy. <laughs> <laughs> there is no book of miracles in the Bible. You are correct. Well done. Nine out of ten. Not so bad, sir. How you feel it after that round? <laughs> I'll take it. I was a lot more scared of the Mets than I probably should have been, which I, I think is... <laughs> Kind of the story of the Mets. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No comment. It's gonna be a long season. Uh, it's 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 only a sixty game season, and it feels like it's already a hundred and twenty five. <laughs> we just traded our best pitcher. <laughs> Go tribe. <laughs> 
All right, John. Enough of me trying to fill you in on facts. I want to know you a little better, so why don't you fill in our audience and tell me a little fact of your own that I've tasked you with being prepared to share. John, what do you know? Okay, so this is kind of a loose interpretation of the word fact, but there is a Wikipedia article titled Athletics at the 1904 Summer Olympics Men's Marathon. And it tells just the most bonkers story of the marathon that was held that year. It was run like in country roads and dirt paths. Someone almost died from choking on dust because the media was driving in front of the racers and was kicking up these clouds of dust because it wasn't a paved track. The winner, or the first original winner, rode in a car for nine miles and was like waving to fans. And then he got caught and then someone else won. Uh, someone ate a poisoned apple because he was hungry. Someone was chased by dogs for two miles. Like, this is insane. It's the super long, way longer than it should be, but it's a good read. That <laughs> just, just, just sounds I, so phony. <laughs> I don't know how it's not a movie yet, like with a dog or a robot or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they're going to make two movies about Prefontaine, they could at least make one about this. I would watch it immediately. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that is indeed something I did not know. Believe it or not, did not know about that. So thank you for sharing. Uh, we are now going to move on to the main meat, the main bulk of the questions in our round here. I don't. I still don't have a name for this part of the, of the quiz. I, if you have ideas out there, by the time the season's over, I might... <laughs> I might have a name for this. You can reach me at BMG Pod on Twitter and just let me know what you think we should call this, this sucker. Uh, it's going to be five questions. Five questions. And the scoring for this round of five questions, it's, it's very complicated. So you may want to take notes on this. First question, it's going to be worth one point. Second question, it's going to be worth two points. The third question, it's going to be a little bit of twist involved, but it'll be worth as much as three points. Fourth question, can you guess? I've. What was the second question again? <laughs> okay, Weisenheimer. Weisenheimer. <laughs> Fourth question is four points. The fifth question is going to be worth five points. There are no daily doubles to be found. <laughs> Straightforward. We're going to kick things off with question number one, which is going to be worth how many points? Oh, crap. Uh, one point. One point. There you go. <laughs> what is the point? I don't know. We'll find out. Question number one, John, for you... This candy bar was discontinued in 1981, but Cadbury reintroduced a similar candy bar called the Curly Whirly Bar to replace it. What was the name of this candy bar? So this is before I was born. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> well, well, some were the 86 Mets, weren't they? <laughs> if only. Don't recall this, but I remember... One year for Christmas, I try to get like my aunts and uncles like some weird kind of small gift. And my one aunt, her favorite candy bar growing up was an Aero Bar. And I remember they don't make Aero Bars anymore. And I remember there was something similar to it, but I couldn't remember the name of it. So maybe it's a Curly Whirly. So let's go with Aero Bar. Arrow bar is your answer. That is a fine, fine guess. Unfortunately, not the correct answer. Boom, 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 
Yeah, uh, this was a candy bar that the Mars Corporation uh, decided that, uh, you know what, uh, it's not worth making anymore. We're not making money. Uh, you ate it, and the, the, the advertising was kind of like it would last and last and last a long time. It kind of was looked like pretzels wrapped around each other, but there was all chocolate involved, and it was called the Marathon Bar. The Marathon Bar. That's really funny that it came after my fact. <laughs> Very funny indeed. What are the odds? Uh, we are going to move on now <laughs> to question <Stay> two. <laughs> question two, sir. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is the name of the 1976 movie that featured characters Iris, Sport, Wizard, and Travis. Uh, another tough category for me. Iris, Sport, Wizard, Travis. None of those are ringing a bell. 1976. Uh, I don't know if this is when this movie came out or if this is going to be a hilariously wrong guess. But I'm going to roll the dice, and maybe it's some kind of weird theme, and I'm going to say The Marathon Man. The Marathon Man is your answer. That would be quite a lovely theme if I had done that there. Do you know who is in The Marathon Man? I do not. <laughs> Marathon Man, of course, famously for having Dustin Hoffman in it, uh, sitting in a dentist chair with the dentist trying to torture him with dentistry. Is it safe? Is it safe? Uh, that's not what we're talking about here, however. Although I, I, I like the way your brain was working there. I like the connection you were trying to make. Uh, this would be another of those classics uh, actors of the day. Uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, Jodie Foster was in this film. Albert Brooks. Harvey Keitel. Peter Boyle. Sybil Shepard. It was a cavalcade of stars. All in Martin Scorsese's film, Taxi Driver. Uh, Taxi Driver. Do not fret, however. You, you still have nine points. Uh, do for something in my wheelhouse. It's coming. Absolutely. And we are up to our three-point question. And, well, three points. That can mean only one thing. It is time for our modified version of Fungo. Three <laughs> of a kind. Uh, that's right. The old favorite sticks around for another season. Here's how we're working it this time, however. As always, there are going to be three disparate clues all leading to the same singular answer. If you can get the answer on the first clue, you will earn yourself three points. If, however, you need a second clue, well, then you still get points, but only two of them. And if you need all three clues, a single point will be headed your way. Of course, if you don't get the answer right at all, <laughs> that's a big goose egg for you. I mean, you know, I'm generous. I'm familiar but, with goose eggs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> generous, but not stupid. Yeah. Uh, now, I have set up what I consider to be an easier clue of the three and the kind of medium, medium difficulty clue. And, of course, a much more difficult uh, clue of the three, but far be it from me to assign those to you. <laughs> I'm going to let you choose your own fate and randomly select your order of clues, uh, A, B, or C. Uh, let's go for C. C is your selection. Here is your first clue for three points. Boston mascot. Hmm. So this could either be I want to go with a sports team. I don't think the city itself has a mascot. So if it's a sports team, that would probably narrow it down. 
Ooh, but it, I don't know. Do the sports, hmm, do the mascots have names? So now that I'm thinking about it, I think the Patriot has a name, but I can't remember it. It's probably something stupid like Patrick or something. Patrick the Patriot. Let's go with Patrick. Patrick is your answer. That is not correct, but fear not. Another clue is headed your way. Would you like A or B? Let's go with A. A, it is frequent Westminster winner. So Westminster is the dog show. So some kind of dog breed. That's also a mascot. Ugh. So that makes me think. Oh, could it? There's. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder. Could it be a Boston, like a Boston Terrier? So I'll go with Terrier. Terrier is your answer, and what do you know? Off the schneid, you are. Terriers is the correct answer on the board. Indeed, the Boston University Terriers. The breed that has won the Westminster Dog Show the most often is Terriers. And the third clue, which you did not get to, was Donald Logue's show. A television show called Terriers, which was canceled way too soon for fans of the show. I never actually watched it myself, but uh, if you go on Twitter at any moment and type in the word Terriers, you'll see fans of the show clamoring for it to come back, even though it's been off the air for like decades. <laughs> They're all terrier bots. Something like that. York Yorkies? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Fido uh, one six three six four seven. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, don't worry about them. Their bark is worth is in their bite. Hey, two, three, four. Uh well done. You are up to eleven points. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Four point question is up for you, sir. Are you ready? I'm ready. A raven is the lone witness to the consumption of what item in a popular Disney film? Uh, how can all of these be ones that I haven't seen? Uh, a raven. The consumption of what item? So I'm trying to think of something that would be eaten or drank in a Disney movie. There wasn't a year, right? No year. Hmm. Ooh, so... <laughs> I might be self-incepting now, but after getting Marathon from my factoid, maybe this is the poison apple in... that Was that? Yeah, Sleeping Beauty, I think, had the poison apple. So let's go with the poison apple from Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> the poison apple is what you have answered. I asked for the item. I did not ask for the movie, which is a damn good thing because it's from Snow White. Oh, but, nevertheless, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, yes, the evil queen is, uh, is creating the uh, poison apple and a raven is watching and uh, she offers it to the raven and then, you know, so she kind of tests it out and then, you know, changes her mind because, you know, no cruelty to animals in these films. <laughs> but hey, all the other stuff, that's fine. Slave labor, sure, that's, that's not a problem. But <laughs> it's a diamond mine. <laughs> Indeed. Well, well done. Four points for you on that one. You are now up to 15 points. Feeling uh, a lot better about yourself? Yes, I've, I have self-value and self-worth now. 
Excellent. <laughs> Excellent job. Well, we have one more question to go in this part of the game. It is going to be worth five points if you get it right. Are you ready for your final question in this round? I'm ready. Have you heard of the band Def Leppard? Yes. Okay, good, because this question is about them. Uh, uh -oh. Def, Def Leppard has had many, many top ten hits here in the United States, but only one of them, Anagrams into a World Capital. Please name for me either the name of the song or the World Capital. I'll give you your choice of the two. <laughs> And we're not going to give you 20 minutes on this one either. <laughs> so right off the bat, the only <laughs> song that I know is Pour Some Sugar on Me. And I don't see any way that could possibly anagram into a world capital. Uh, I think they had an album or a song named Hysteria, but that also doesn't look like it anagrams into anything. Ugh. So when you asked if I had heard of Def Leppard, <laughs> in the barest sense of the word, I have heard of Def Leppard. <laughs> uh, I know their drummer has one arm. Rick Allen, yes. <laughs> so that counts for something, I'm sure. If, if it's any consolation, the Leopard hasn't heard of you, but that's because it's Def. <laughs> Did you write that question just for that joke? <laughs> uh, no, that's just me. <laughs> but you knew that. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, they also have, I think is them, is Rock of Ages. But that also, <laughs> I can't anagram into anything. So I don't think I'm going to think of any other songs. So let's just go with... Let's yeah. Let's go with Rock of Ages. That seems like maybe the most likely to anagram into something that I just can't place. So Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages is your answer. Unfortunately, no, I don't really see a uh, an anagram in there. And hey, you know, if if you can come back to me later on, we'll we'll, we'll adjust your score. But I don't see. It. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't the one I was looking at here. Yeah, they've they've of course had really they've had a lot. A lot of top ten hits in the United States. Uh, photograph, Rock of Ages, Foolin', Too Late for Love, Women, Hysteria, Love Bites, Armageddon, It, Rocket. And that's just in the 80s. They had more after that. But the one I left out from that group is their number five hit, Animal, which anagrams to that fine city in the Philippines, Manila. Animal. I've never heard of that song. I have heard of the city. <laughs> yes, with such wonderful, intelligent, well-thought-out lyrics. And I want, and I need, any mole. <laughs> you can get away with that back in the 80s. You can, well, if you're, if you're screaming it, you know. Feather yeah. your hair, throw on a studded belt, you're good to go. And, you know, if, if, if anyone's going, was that a good song? You just go, just, duh, 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 I'm hot, sticky, sweet, pour some sugar on me. <laughs> Look over there. <laughs> it works. Well, 15 points. And we are all done with that round. There is one question left. It is the final question of the game, the final twist, if you will. It is a question I am calling the guillotine. We got the guillotine.
Indeed. Let's hope no shrink. Uh, <laughs> one question will be before you, John. One answer will be required. Here are the rules. Very straightforward. If you get this question right, you will double your score on the spot. No questions asked. If you get it wrong, <laughs> no harm, no foul. Your score will say exactly the same, and, and there's nothing to worry about. So what is the catch, you say? <laughs> there's always a catch, AJ. Indeed, here is the catch. If you do not give me a valid answer that fits the question, so in other words, no sandbagging, or if you give me the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as being the guillotine answer, then it's off with your head and your score gets chopped in half. Oh, no. <laughs> so think carefully, but think carefully. <laughs> Don't fall into your traps. Exactly. Here, sir, is your question. What song has Rod Stewart performed live in concert more often than any other song in his repertoire? I'm looking for the name of a Rod Stewart song. So off the top of my head, for Rod Stewart, so the only two Rod Stewart songs I can think of right now are <laughs> Do You Think I'm Sexy and Maggie Mae. So now... <laughs> I feel like one of those definitely has a really good chance of being the trap answer. I can't imagine that Rod Stewart would really like to play Do You Think I'm Sexy a lot? Because I think that was kind of the weird 70s cocaine era where <laughs> he just kind of had like a six-month cocaine blackout. So I can't <laughs> imagine Rod Stewart's running around in his like little farewell tours and stuff in 2010 singing do you think i'm sexy but do you want is that what you're trying to make me think <laughs> and therefore you cannot drink from the glass in front of me <laughs> yes so if i use that logic then i should say maggie may and that feels like that would be kind of in his sort of soft rocky especially because i'm guessing he did a lot of concerts as an older artist like i said like 80s 90s 2000s and that seems like that would be something that translates. So I'm going to say Maggie Mae and then close my eyes and wince to see if my head gets chopped off. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, uh, any last words? <laughs> Maggie Mae, those are my last words, right? Uh, all right. Well, let us go over the answers here. So, yeah, Rod Stewart performed a lot, certainly. He's performed probably close to 1,500 live concerts in his career. I mean, he's he's very prolific. He's been around for a while. And the song that came in third place on his list and happens to be our guillotine answer, I will show it to you as I say it out loud to our audience, is You're In My Heart, also known as oh. the final acclaim. You're in my heart, you're in my soul. I never heard of that one. Uh, he has sung that one... 1,375 times. That would have been the guillotine answer, so you are spared the guillotine. Now the only question is, are you going to get those points? The question is not, do you think I'm sexy? The question is, are you going to get those points? <laughs> yes, uh, if it helps me get the points. <laughs> <laughs> no shame, only points. <laughs> there you go. In second place on his list, 1,396 times he has sung the song Two Nights the Night. Yes, that's my Rod Stewart impersonation. Shut up. Uh, and coming in number one at 
1,581 times that he has sung this song. It is Wake Up, John. I think I've got something to say to you. It is Maggie May. Oh, well done. Yes. All you those have... solid gold hits of the 70s commercials paid off. <laughs> Indeed, which means you get to double your score from 15 all the way up to 30, which puts you now in a first place tie atop the leaderboard with Mr. Jeffrey Sigurdin. And unfortunately, it also means that we have to say goodbye from the tournament to Nicole Newlis. Nicole, I apologize. Oh, sorry, but... Nicole. Yeah, you uh, are no longer in our top six. and I couldn't be someone I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all 16 people are, are fine people. Fine people on, on both sides of the hot seat. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, before I send you on your merry way, uh, how you feeling? Is there anything you want to say to your, uh, your adoring fan club out there? <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, not bad. So yeah, we got nine people left after you. So hopefully, I mean, I mean, all nine could. They could all nine could beat you certainly, but uh, no, you're looking pretty good to at least make it. I definitely lucked out. Like I said, I only knew two Rod Stewart songs, so (laughs) I lucked out that one of them happened to be the right answer. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than smart. (laughs) And you, sir, are not smart. Don't look at me like that. John, get out of my hot seat. We, I'm sure we'll be seeing you again, if not at the end of this tournament in the semifinals, then certainly in future seasons. Those of you out there who want to join in the fan community that we've set up here, Facebook group, Beat My Guest, the fans hot seat. And if you'd like to contribute to the cause, there's patreon.com slash beatmyguest. We ain't going to say no to that. We are going to say no to continuing this nonsense any longer. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode in our tournament. Until then, everyone, thank you for listening. Take care, and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.